Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Sue Whitney, MGMA senior content manager and resident coding expert. Sue is a certified medical coder and instructor through the American Academy of Professional Coders. She provides students with the most comprehensive and complete coding information in order to prepare them for a career in medical coding. Sue also provides chart audits for medical providers in multiple specialties and has represented physician groups by providing independent reviews as outlined by the Office of Inspector General. Sue has extensive knowledge and decades of experience and provides a practical approach to coding, billing, provider documentation improvement, revenue cycle management, and more. She also speaks on these topics to local and national organizations, hospital systems, and physician offices using real life data and examples. Sue is leading a session at MGMA's upcoming annual conference called Think Your ICD-10 Transition Was a Success? You Might Be Wrong. And she will be leading a new online coding course for MGMA starting in January. Sue is here with us today to talk about the importance of good coding and why it should matter to practice managers. Welcome, Sue. Thanks. All right, so first off, can you talk about the importance of good coding and why practice managers should be paying attention? All right. So good coding is the foundation of a financially healthy practice. Um, if your practice suffers from bad coding practices, it can cost money or put your office at significant risk. Um, it's extremely important that practice managers keep a finger on the pulse of their coding um, and, and billing departments, whether internal or external. Uh, not knowing what's going on can have catastrophic outcomes, in my opinion. Um, I've been a coder. Uh, I, and I have also been a supervisor, I've been a manager, and I've been a director. And I really don't think I could have been successful at any of this uh, level without knowing coding basics. So I think it's important for all practice managers. Um, what is the significance of being a certified coder, um, and why is it something that practice managers should consider? Well, I think managers need to make sure uh, and feel comfortable that their staff is competent in doing the job that they were hired to do. I think having a certification gives that extra level of competency um, con for their employees. Um, cer certified coders certainly went through some hoops to get where they got. Um, the, the coding uh, exam and the coding curriculum is not easy to get through. So just getting to that point, um, coders have proved that they have some um, good basic skills. However, um, not all certified coders are good coders. There are a lot of people that have gotten through the certification program that really don't have the application skills that are necessary to be an excellent coder. So again, management really needs to remain um, involved in ensuring that their coding staff, again, whether it's internal or external, is operating at their optimal performance. As we approach the one-year anniversary of ICD-10 implementation, what are some of the most important pitfalls being noticed? Well, the first thing to say about the one-year anniversary is we all made it. Um, that was a big, uh, you know, the sky is falling type of thing, very much like Y2K, if you will. And it pretty much went on without a hitch. Um, there were some glitches, but overall, I would say most practices um, successfully made the transition. Um, we did have some grace periods given to us by uh, Medicare and also commercial payers. That grace period is going away October 1st. So what we need to do is keep training um, and keep 
on top of the way that we're coding, making sure that we are not um, utilizing or overutilizing unspecified codes um, and the lack of the specifics that ICD-10 coding gave us. Um, we really need to, again, keep training, review, audit, educate, and then review again. Uh, and one thing that I highly recommend is don't let your e electronic medical records uh, package do the coding for you. A lot of times these search engines, and again, they're awesome for searching, but sometimes we get too lackadaisical in the way that we search and tend to pick the first thing that we see. Um, I've had some real bad um, coding mistakes be recognized by doing that, such as um, cervical dysplasia versus cervical dystonia. And of course, you know, one is one place and one is the other. And it's very important to just not let the button be um, pushed too fast. Mm -hmm. Um, what can practices do to ensure continued success post-implementation? Uh, again, just don't let your EMR be the coder. You just need to review. Everybody that hasn't done a post-ICD-10 audit, and I know we hate the word audit, but doing a post-ICD-10 review, I think that's paramount right now to make sure that everybody has gotten the grasp in your practice for um, the, the transition. Yeah. Um, in your first coding corner column for MGMA Connection, you emphasize the coding audit um, as something that should not be looked at with fear, but embraced. Um, why do you think that is, and why do you think practice managers should look, that, look at it that way as well? Well, I think the first thing is that the word audit in of itself is a cringe-worthy word. Nobody likes to hear it. It could be the IRS or the OIG, wherever the audit's coming from, it's never a good thing. Um, it's really important for practice managers to sit down and take a look at that and, and really see what impact it has on, on the practice. Um, again, there's so many things that can be found during a good audit. And when I say a good audit, I, I, what I mean is don't be audited by foe before friend. And it, have an internal audit. Have an outside company do an audit. You certainly want to have your practice audited and re, uh, or reviewed uh, before you have the payers or Medicare review your notes. You really want to make sure that you're in good graces. And it's best to do that before it's found out for you. Other things that you can uh, find during an audit is, are you having issues with your template, such as faulty um, template messages that would make your uh, documentation, for lack of better words, look wonky, such as a breast exam um, or a pelvic exam on a male or, um, you know, left versus right, he versus she, all those types of things. Um, again, I'm going to mention that faulty search engine. Um, those search engines are a tool and not a replacement for, for good coding. So really make sure your providers are using the search engines in the way that um, will benefit them the most. And most often, you find uh, a great amount of undercoding or missing charges during an audit. So those audits many times pay for themselves um, just by finding opportunities for missed revenue and also code, uh, finding out if your providers uh, have a tendency to overcode, which again, of course, puts you at risk. Mm -hmm. 
So is there anything specific that you use to convince practice administrators to embrace audits? Do you have any examples, maybe? Sure, their own documentation. I, I don't like to give uh, textbook uh, reviews, if you will, because you'll quickly um, bore of those. They're, they can get very tedious and very boring. But the we best way to open up a provider's eyes or a practice's eyes about good documentation techniques is to show them their own documentation. And that's the way I approach an audit. I'm, I will teach based on what I found that is pertinent to your practice. Do you think that the shift to value-based care will affect the way we view coding? I certainly do. I really do. And I don't think that it is being recognized with the importance that we really should be recognizing it in. Um, we are quickly starting to shift away from fee-for-service to a lot of different alternative payment methods, whether it be um, the value over volume, value-based, or um, risk shared, whatever you want to call it, bundled payments. Um, you need to get out of the fee-for-service mindset way of coding. Um, I'll admit it, I've coded now for, okay, I'll just say decades. Um, I won't tell you how many years, but it's very easy to just code the minimal that you need to code to know you're going to get the claim paid. And as we move to a value-based system, we are going to have to code comorbidities and complications on our patients that are going to prove just how sick they are if we want to be reimbursed appropriately. Um, what are some of the most common ways that practices lose out on revenue because of coding errors? Mischarges. I would say mischarges are um, a lot of what I see. EMRs, again, are, are the machine, don't let the machine do the thinking. We have to really stop as human beings and think, at the end of the day, did I provide this injection? Did I document this injection? Did I enter this injection or whatever the service might be into the system? Um, what you did and what gets documented a lot of times are two different things. And going back and looking at that just to make sure you're capturing all your services um, is, is extremely important. Um, other things are um, number of units. It amazes me. People say, oh, yes, I did one uh, injection of whatever. So they code it with a unit of one. Well, it, if the guideline for that particular drug says one per every unit and you gave 100 units, you're out 99, the cost or reimbursement for 99 units. Uh, so those are basically things that I find a lot of. Unspecified diagnoses is another one that we get so unspecified in our uh, mode of coding that we tend uh, end up not meeting medical necessity. So that's very important. And um, not obtaining ABNs for the things that we do that aren't considered medically necessary. So there's lots of things that um, audits uh, can review, but those are base uh, can reveal, I'm sorry. But those are basically the um, top things I see. And how can practices address these issues and close these gaps, sort of avoid making these mistakes. Again, I'll go right back to the top. Audit, educate, review, and repeat. Those are the most important things. And I know um, in my own experience in working in practices, those types of things 
don't kind of get put on the back burner, if you will. We're, we're moving at such a fast pace. We have to get the charges in. We have to get the payments in. We have to get the coding done. We have to move, 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 move. We have to work our denials um, that we sometimes don't stop and think, hey, we should take a really good look at what we're doing and what we're, what, what our documentation and coding looks like. So again, I can't um, emphasize it enough. We need to audit, educate, review, and repeat. What should practice administrators and managers be looking for uh, in primary coders in their practice? And, why, and would they benefit from becoming certified? Well, practice administrators and managers really need to make sure, again, whether they are internal or external, that, um, that they're good coders. Put them to the test. Again, how do you know if somebody's a good coder? Before you hire them, give them a good coding test. Make that coding test specific specific to your specialty. Don't give an overall, um, you know, coding 101 coding test to somebody if you work in an orthopedic practice or an OBGYN. You really need to drill down and make sure that they understand the specialty in which you're coding. Um, the other thing I think is, you know, managers should take some coding courses. Maybe not to become full certified, as that's probably not the path that they want to take for their career, but it would really benefit practice managers and administrators to really, again, have their finger on the pulse of basic coding concepts for their specialties so um, they are making sure that they are in good compliance and operating in a way um, that is going to work for them financially. That's great. Um, is there anything, any other advice that you would give to practice managers about um, coding or um, about how to improve the coding uh, in their practice? Well, you know, hug your coders. Again, um, you know, coders are, are good coders, are somewhat rare in my opinion. Um, it's an industry where everybody thinks, you know, oh, I'm going to become a certified coder. I'm going to make six figures and work from home in my pajamas. You know, maybe someday that'll be true, um, and you will become that good coder that can sit at home uh, in your pajamas making six figures. But you got to work hard to get there. And so practice, um, good diligence, good attention to detail, and a good um, relationship with your practices so you guys are um, communicating back and forth forth. And uh, one other tip I would give for practice managers is make your coding team part of your team, um, part of the overall practice team, so they know um, what's going on and the, the things that you want to accomplish in your practice. I'll bet you nine times out of ten will involve a coder. Well, thank you, Sue, for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, to register for Sue's session at annual conference and to learn more about her upcoming online course and for more resources regarding education and career opportunities, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts. Thanks again for listening to MGMA Small Talk. Tune in next time when we talk to Andrea Elescu, the president of Medical Marketing Incorporated in Orlando, Florida, about how to engage patients and build community in order to help grow your practice.